The Everyday Style School podcast is sponsored by The Style Circle, the monthly membership where you can learn all the skills you need to ditch wardrobe overwhelm, style yourself like a pro, and gain the confidence you deserve. The Style Circle offers classes, wardrobe guides, support, and personalized advice from me. It's the most affordable way to get the professional style guidance you've always wanted. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com to get started today. Hey there, welcome back to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe style can be easy and getting dressed should be fun. I'm your host, Jennifer Mackey Mary, and today we're kicking off a two-part series with part one of 10 Rules for a Fabulous Functional Wardrobe. One of the biggest disappointments of 2020 for me personally was that all of my speaking engagements and events were canceled. And I love nothing more than to talk to hundreds of women about why style matters and how to make it easier. My favorite presentation to give is 10 Rules for a Fabulous Functional Wardrobe. I love this one because it's fun and lighthearted. And I love seeing women in the audience laughing at themselves, nodding, saying to the woman next to her, oh my gosh, that's so me, or I totally do that. So if you were supposed to come see me in Virginia, or DC or Wisconsin or Minnesota this year, or if you were supposed to come to our Mall of America retreat last spring, I am bringing the talk to you and everyone else today. I'm going to break it up into two episodes, but I really hope you have fun with these rules and I hope they help you understand why your closet is the way it is and how to make it a little bit more fabulous and functional. In Lessons from Linda, since this episode is airing before Halloween, I'm sharing the story of a Linda who had lots of costume options hanging in her closet. In vocabulary, I'm cheating a little bit and defining for you what a fabulous wardrobe is and what a functional wardrobe is. In current events, we'll be talking about what the upcoming holiday season might look like and will Black Friday even be a thing this year? Your homework from the last full episode, I know it's been a minute, was to go through your drawers and get rid of the things that people don't see but that don't make you feel good. This is a really powerful thing to do. So if you haven't done it yet, there is still time, but set a timer for 15 minutes and go through your underwear drawers, your sock drawers, your pajamas, your workout stuff, and get rid of the things that you know need to go. You will be glad you did. All right, let's kick things off, as we always do, with lessons from Linda. Now, I'm not going to go into detail about how or why I was working with this Linda, but let's just say it wasn't her idea. And this experience is the basis for me asking people for years not to give my services as gifts unless someone expressly asked for it. Now, it was clear that Linda didn't really want me in her house, but she was playing along and I was just trying to be professional and upbeat and give her the same level of care that I gave to every client. But it was really, really hard. It was a two hour one way conversation. And bottom line, Linda just didn't feel like there was anything wrong with her style. And who was I to tell her otherwise? When I was really struggling with a client at any time, my fallback goal was just to leave her closet better than I found it. Maybe my client didn't want a huge style transformation or maybe they just weren't ready, but everyone could use a little help getting organized and getting rid of some of the clutter, right? So that's what I did, or at least what I tried to do. 
But again, like almost all challenging clients, Linda didn't want to part with anything. But this time it wasn't because she had strong feelings about her clothes or she felt guilty for wasting money or she thought she'd lose the 10 pounds, whatever. I was getting none of the usual reasons. This time it was just that Linda was so apathetic about her clothes that it truly didn't matter to her if they just hung in her closet forever. I'd say, well, what do you think about this sweater? And she'd shrug and say, well, it's, it's fine. Keep it. I'd say, okay, well, do you wear it? And she'd say, yeah, I, I guess sometimes. It went on like that for a lot of her wardrobe, but there was one reason for hanging on to a lot of things that was particularly memorable and something I didn't often hear. I'd say, well, what about this blouse? And she'd say, well, I thought I could keep it for a Halloween costume someday. And it was about the third or fourth Halloween costume piece. I started asking, well, what kind of costume would you use this for? And she'd say, I don't know. It could probably be something. You can see how maddening this would be, right? For two hours. Now, I'll be honest with you. Linda didn't strike me as the kind of person who would really enjoy creating fun costumes and dressing up and going to Halloween parties. So I, I just asked her. Said, well, you must really love dressing up for Halloween. And she said, no, I hate Halloween. I asked the last time she dressed up in a costume and she said it was for a party a few years back. Friends, that was a lot of clothes tied up for something that she did once every few years and that she hated doing. But she was convinced that all of these clothes she had no feelings for would be reimagined as costumes that she'd want to wear. And again, who was I to argue? Now, in the entire two hours I was there, Linda might have gotten rid of five pieces the entire time. And I know I've said before how much it gutted me when I didn't feel like I had a positive impact on a client. But again, if she didn't have a style challenge to solve, I couldn't solve it. My experience with this, Linda, turned around the last 45 minutes of our shopping trip together. So we worked together twice. It really turned around the last 45 minutes. We found a common connection and she finally started to trust me. And I think she almost kind of started to enjoy the process. And I wish I could have done more for Linda. But if there's nothing to fix, there's nothing to fix. And if you don't have a style problem, you're right. You don't have a style problem. There are two things I want you to take away from my time with this, Linda. First, something our pal Melissa Klug said in our last episode together really struck me. Sometimes letting go of things is just about acknowledging who you are and who you're not. Linda was not a person who liked to dress up for Halloween. That is perfectly okay. But I think a part of her felt like she should be a person who likes to dress up for Halloween. But isn't it better to say, you know what? I'm just not a person who enjoys this. I keep a cat ears and a black turtleneck in case I'm forced to dress up, but this isn't me. It's easy to see the lack of logic in something as standout as possible Halloween costumes, but women do this every day. In the style circle, we have women posting once in a while things like, I don't like to wear dresses. Should I keep this one or not? Or what kind of sweat should I buy if I'm the kind of person who hates wearing athleisure clothes? Honoring who you are and who you aren't is really, really important. Ignoring those things is a great way to end up with a closet full of clothes with nothing to wear. Second, your style problems are only a problem if they're a problem to you. Linda didn't need me because Linda wasn't struggling. Clothes weren't a priority for her and that's okay. It was someone else who thought Linda's wardrobe needed help. 
Last year, after I did my body shape episode, someone posted in our member community that she had a skirt she loved before listening to the episode for her shape. And now she was questioning if she should wear it. Honestly, that was my worst fear when I did those episodes that women would create problems that weren't there before. It's one thing to say, I love this skirt, but it never looks quite right. Oh, I listened to that episode and now I know why or how to style it different. It's another to say, I love this skirt and everything about it, but after listening to your episode and your advice, I have to hate it. If turtlenecks aren't technically best for your shape, but you love them and feel fantastic in them, you don't have a problem. If you wear colors that aren't technically best for you and you feel washed out and dull looking all the time, well, that might be something that you need to change. But don't let anyone, me included, especially me, create problems for you that didn't exist previously. Life has enough challenges without manufacturing them. Use advice to solve your problems, not to create new ones. All right, let's move on to word of the week. Today, I want to define three terms that you'll need for our discussion later. You won't find these definitions in any dictionary because they're straight out of my head. The first one is wardrobe. By now, you should know that your wardrobe is not all the clothes that are in your closet or in your dresser. Your wardrobe is all the clothes you can and do and like to wear. You can have a closet full of clothes and a very small wardrobe. We're wrapping up our closet edit challenge this week, and last week I asked everyone their biggest takeaway or aha moment from the first five days, and this concept was a big one that came up over and over, that having a big wardrobe was not the same as having lots of clothes. So keep in mind, your wardrobe is all the things you can and do and like to wear. Now let's talk about a fabulous wardrobe. A fabulous wardrobe is one that makes you look and feel fabulous, like a person, like a woman, like the person you were before you got married and had kids and, you know, ran carpool all the time. It makes you feel like the best version of yourself. It shows your personality. The biggest thing women get wrong about having a fabulous wardrobe is that they equate that with dressing up, which is something you've heard me rail about for about 75 episodes now. You can feel fabulous in jeans and a t-shirt or leggings and sweatshirts. I'm reminded of the episode that I did with Dana Marlowe of I Support the Girls, which is a fabulous organization that could really use your help right now. And I'll link to it in the show notes. But she told me her favorite piece of clothing was her Fruit Loop leggings. And she sent me a picture and indeed they were fabulous. And what made them fabulous was how joyful they made her. That's what a fabulous wardrobe is all about. Clothes that make you smile when you put them on, whether it's suits or Fruit Loop leggings. The sister to a fabulous wardrobe is a functional wardrobe. Let's stick with Dana's leggings for a minute. You can have an entire wardrobe of novelty leggings, but that's sadly going to limit where you can go. A functional wardrobe means that you can get dressed for 90 to 95% of your life without crying or emergency shopping. I know you've heard that from me before. It means that it's functional for the way you really live and the places you really go. Maybe blouses and dress pants make you feel fabulous, but you're at home with three kids under three. Is that functional? Probably not. If it is, hats off to you, mama. On the other hand, maybe you feel fabulous in leggings and sweatshirts, but you work in an office. That's not super functional either. 
Your wardrobe needs to serve your needs. The challenge I see with this is that women swing the functional pendulum so far that their wardrobes become boring and drab and utilitarian. Raise your hand if your wardrobe is nothing but black and gray because it goes with everything. Yeah, I I used to see that one all the time in closets. Women often pass over prints and color and texture out of fear that those pieces won't be as versatile or that they will save those fancy things and not wear them. And in the process, they strip all the fun and fabulousness out of their wardrobes. So the goal is to have a fabulous functional wardrobe that makes you smile and reflects who you really are, as well as gets you dressed easily for the way you really live. Now, at this point in my talks, I used to see the looks of, yes, I want that on the faces of the women in the audience. And if that is you, don't worry, we're going to get there. First, though, let's take a break from fabulous and functionality for just a second and check in with current events. The holidays are a coming, friends, and just like everything else in 2020, they're going to look a little different, especially Black Friday, a day that used to signal the start of the holiday shopping season. I say used to because over the last few years, Black Friday deals actually started Thanksgiving night, and the deals popped up online the day before on Wednesday, which has actually moved to Tuesday and now is coming closer to Monday. So Black Friday is becoming a thing in name only, except for you diehards who will sleep in the Best Buy parking lot for the opportunity to get a deal on a TV. Kind of like Halloween. I want to be one of those people who enjoys this, but I'm truly not. So say la vie. So really Black Friday has lost a little bit of its magic anyway. And this year, who knows what it's going to look like. One thing I want to point out is that there are very few Black Friday clothing deals ever. No one is busting down the doors of Macy's for a 50% off sweater. Every year I get asked if the winter capsule will be coming out in time for Black Friday shopping. And the answer is no, because it stresses my team out to get it done that early. And for what? The same deals that Loft or Macy's runs all the time. Yes, there may be an extra 10% off or a doorbuster deal here or there, but it's not enough to go out at 4am for, if you know what I mean. What I will say about clothing in this holiday season is that I think inventory is going to be very lean. If you see something and want it, get it. Don't wait. Just grab it. If there are gifts that you want to give, buy early. I think that things will sell out quickly, and that might mean that there are fewer deals to be had on clothing. We'll just have to wait and see. So this little segment is more about holiday shopping in general, not necessarily clothing. Um, I'm going to link to an article in the show notes about predictions for the holiday season. You can check it out if you want more info. It's on our episode show notes today. But the reason I wanted to talk about this so early is that the biggest prediction is that the holiday shopping season is going to be longer with most retailers starting to post Black Friday-esque sales starting in October and November. We saw it with Prime Day a couple of weeks ago and Walmart is actually breaking their Black Friday deals up into three different sales. The first one starting November 4th. Target has signaled that they're going to be starting deals earlier as well and spacing them out to avoid the big crowds in stores, but they don't have definite dates yet. So if there are gifts or electronics that you've had your eye on, head to the show notes on our website. I've linked to an article that breaks down which, what Walmart will be putting on sale um, in each of their three events. 
The other thing I want to put on your radar is that shipping is going to be an issue this year. If you are someone who waits until the last minute to get your shopping done, like me, I would highly suggest a new strategy this year. Companies like FedEx and UPS will be adding shipping surcharges. So if you want to avoid those and make sure your gifts get to where they need to be on time, shop early. Like honestly, starting this week, start your holiday shopping this early. So just like everything else in 2020, Black Friday and holiday shopping are going to look very different. And just like everything else, we will make the best of it and get through it. When we come back, I'm going to share the first half of my 10 rules for a fabulous functional wardrobe. This year has taught us that it's extra important to love our homes. But if you look around and feel more overwhelmed by the piles of clutter than feeling that I love my house feeling, I have something special for you. Melissa Klug, Everyday Styles October guest expert and organizational guru, has an online decluttering and organization course to teach anyone how to get organized and stay organized once and for all. If you look at your house and you just don't know where to start or how to declutter and organize, she teaches you every single step you need to get your whole house completely organized for good. The course, plus a private Facebook group and Zoom calls to answer your personal organizing questions, will help you get your house looking great just in time for the holidays. Everyday Style School listeners will get 20% off with code EVERYDAY if you go to homeby11.com style. Again, that's code EVERYDAY, one word, all lowercase, by going to homeby11.com style. And of course, the link will be in the show notes. And now back to the show. All right, we are back and we are talking about fabulous functional wardrobe rules. Before we get to them, though, let's talk about what these rules are and where they came from. These come from two decades of dressing real women. They're the common mistakes and pitfalls I saw women make over and over and the most helpful solutions. A lot of these concepts you've probably heard in past episodes. You can almost consider this a greatest hits album, if you will, and you'll probably hear more about some of them in future episodes. These rules aren't really rules. Every time I give this presentation, someone will say, well, that doesn't work for me because, and okay, fine. That's great. Just like I said in lessons from Linda, if you don't have a problem, you don't have a problem. If things are working for you, carry on friend, you do you. But if you're overwhelmed by your closet, but underwhelmed by your style, start examining these 10 things. Also, there's no rule police. I'm not going to pop out from behind a clearance rack and say, put that down. You're breaking rule number six. But again, if you're struggling, these rules might be why. They are in no particular order. They could and should all be first, but that's not how lists work. Everyone will have a number one rule, the thing that you should focus on to get the biggest results. Some of these you're probably mastering already and you don't have to worry about. And with that said, let's get started. Rule number one, stop recreational shopping. Now, I know I just said that they're in no particular order, but if there's a rule women need to follow and it affects the biggest number of women, this one might be it. Now, if you're not familiar with what this is, Recreational shopping is anytime you buy things you didn't plan to. It could be in Target when you're headed for the paper towels and you end up with a cardigan instead. It could be when you're bored or you can't sleep, so you're on your favorite store's website browsing the clearance section. Anytime you buy things you didn't plan to is recreational shopping. 
The problem with recreational shopping as a strategy is that no one ever buys key wardrobe pieces. No one ever accidentally buys the perfect pair of $150 jeans or the world's best white t-shirt. What we buy is $15 sweaters on clearance in every color. We buy a clearance skirt or a pair of cute shoes. You, you get the idea. I've talked about this concept in my episode on what your kitchen and your closet have in common, and I'll link to that in the show notes. It's a fun episode if you haven't listened to it already. When we shop recreationally, we tend to look for special things or deals. When you buy those special things, which absolutely belong in your wardrobe, yes, they might be fabulous and fun, but are they super functional and do they work in your wardrobe? Putting a standout statement necklace into a wardrobe full of basic t-shirts isn't going to help you much. And we'll talk about more about deals in another rule, but the items that really have an impact on your wardrobe, like those amazing jeans or like that perfect white t-shirt, very rarely end up in the clearance section. So you end up with this hodgepodgey wardrobe that doesn't work, which hurts the function of your wardrobe. A better plan is to shop with a plan and just even have a general idea of what you need. For example, right now, I need more Beyond Basic Knits. I find myself layering less right now for some reason, and I need some interesting tops that stand out on their own. So it doesn't mean that I only shop for those things and I don't look at anything else, but if my cart finds itself in the clothing section at Target, I'm more likely to end up with things I'll actually wear because I know what I actually need. Okay, rule number two, build your wardrobe from the inside out and the bottom up. The way most women approach shopping and building a wardrobe is that they buy lots of tops first and then pants because you can't go to the grocery store without them. Then shoes is kind of an afterthought and then bras and underwear when it's like critical to get new ones. But if you want a truly fabulous functional wardrobe, flip the script. The first thing you should focus on is having really great bras and underwear, full stop. Until you have those, don't buy more clothes. We talk about why in the bra episodes. Again, we'll link to those. Then if you want to have really great style, buy great shoes for the way you really live. Don't stock your closet with rows of heels and have no casual shoes if you live a casual life. Get the flats and loafers and booties and sneakers you need to bring your style to life, remembering that shoes define your style. Then focus on the bottoms. If you want to solve your wardrobe challenges, I know I've said it a million times, if you want to make your closet super functional, get great bottoms. Spend a little money on them. You won't regret it. Then last buy tops. Tops are easy, which is why we tend to buy them first. And yes, they do have a big impact on your style, but they don't make or break your wardrobe on their own. They need the other things to be fixed first. Rule number three is to focus on whole outfits. So many closets I've been in have been full of one-off pieces, or as I like to call them, closet orphans. Closet orphans are those things you would wear if only you had something to go with them. Closet orphans are often skirts and closet orphans often come from the clearance section. When I was shopping with the Linda from today's lesson, we found her this beautiful sweater jacket. It was just so great on her, but I knew from being in her closet that she didn't have anything to wear under it that would look right. Linda told me that she wanted to be done shopping about halfway through our 
our session. And I said, well, can we just find something to wear under that jacket? Because I knew if she took it home without being able to make a whole outfit, that she would never wear it. And it would be, first of all, tragedy because it looks so beautiful on her and also a huge waste of money. When you're buying something, ask yourself, do I have everything I need to be able to wear this tomorrow? Maybe it's a different neckline and you don't have the right bra for it, or it's a fun clearance skirt that you don't have anything that goes with it. If you can't wear it the day you buy it, the odds are you never will. The right thing is never going to appear in your closet magically. And once you stick those things in your closet, they get forgotten. You just forget they're there. So if you need something to make the item wearable, buy it right then. Solve the problem before you put it in your closet. Also, for maximum functionality, ask yourself, how many ways can I wear this? How many whole outfits can I make out of this? If you can only wear an item one way, that's not going to contribute to a super functional wardrobe. If you can think of three or four or even more ways to wear it, you're increasing the functionality of the item and your wardrobe as a whole. Focusing on whole outfits is a great thing to do when you're editing your wardrobe too. When you're deciding whether or not you should keep something, ask yourself, how many ways can I wear this? Even if it's a favorite item of yours, ask yourself what else you can do with it. You may create some fabulousness that you hadn't thought of without buying anything new. Rule number four, and possibly my personal favorite, is understand the difference between price and value. We tend to think of these concepts as the same or interchangeable, but they're not. Let me explain. The price is the relationship between the item and the store. If a top is $39 at Loft, that's price. And it has to do with the top and the store and what it's worth to them. You really have nothing to do with it. Value, on the other hand, is the relationship between the item and you. It's what the top is worth to you. And it has nothing to do with the store. Let's talk about that $39 top. Let's say that I buy it full price and it's perfect for me. Great color, great neckline. It makes me look like Heidi Klum and I can wear it a hundred different ways. That would be a very valuable piece of clothing to me, right? I would pay $39 for that top or $79 or $109. Price isn't the biggest factor there because it would be so valuable to me. Now, let's say that same top goes on clearance and someone buys it for $10, but it's a terrible color for them and it doesn't fit quite right and it hangs unworn in the closet for two years before getting donated. The price is less, but so is the value. We tend to think if we pay less, we get more value, but as you can see, those things don't have anything to do with each other. When you focus on building a valuable wardrobe, meaning pieces that are meaningful and useless to you and leave price out of it, you'll find yourself with a fabulous functional wardrobe. Before you say, but I have a budget, I can't leave price out of it. I'm not saying to ignore price tags and buy what you want, maxing out credit cards. That's not what we do. What I am saying is that value should be your guide and your goal when building your wardrobe within your budget. Getting rid of the idea that just because something is inexpensive, it's a good deal or of greater value. The $30 top that you wear and love is a better value than even a $5 top you don't. Focus on value.
My final rule for today, number five, is focus on the fit. I know, I know, I am harping on this one again, but there's a reason. If you don't have fit, you can't have style. You can buy all the pretty things you want, but if they don't fit you, your wardrobe will never be fabulous or functional. If your clothes are too small, you don't want to wear them, and that's not functional. If your clothes are too big, you feel frumpy and dumpy, and that's not fabulous. Fit is honestly the biggest issue I see when I work one-on-one with clients. They come to me saying their wardrobes just don't come together, no matter how much they shop or buy or spend. Their wardrobes overturn constantly. Because they're stuck in the cycle of buying things, not wearing them, donating, starting over. And it's not their style. It's not even the items that they're buying. It's just the fit. If your style just never seems to come together, no matter what you do, the very first thing you should ask yourself is, do my clothes fit? Are they too big? And if you don't know how to figure that out and you haven't listened to my episode on the basics of proper fit, you need to. I will link to it in the show notes. Time and time again, I hear from clients and listeners and Style Circle members that they never really considered fit before. And at first they couldn't see what was wrong, but once they saw proper fit, they couldn't unsee it and it changed everything. So there you have it, the first five of our 10 rules for a fabulous functional wardrobe. We'll be back in a few weeks with the second half. In the meantime, your homework is to pick the one or maybe two rules you think would have the biggest impact on your wardrobe and really focus on them. I would love to hear which ones you've chosen. Share it on Facebook or Instagram at Everyday Style with Jen and make sure you head over to the show notes at youreverydaystyle.com slash episode 75 for all the links from today's episode. That's it. Stay stylish and I'll see you next week. Class is dismissed for today, but the conversation doesn't have to end. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast for show notes, freebies, and links to connect with me on social media. And if the Everyday Style School podcast is making style easier and more fun for you, it would make my day if you would subscribe to the show, leave a review, and share it with your friends so women everywhere can have more fun with style. I'll see you next time. And until then, stay stylish.